Welcome to the Mount Hammer Podcast, episode nine. Back to normality this week after what might have been the most crazy week in the history of Mount Hammer magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Lots of things going on. Lots of things going on. It was good though, right? It was, it good. was good. We had a good week last week. Thank you for your support. Um, we did launch the new issue last week, which features Trivium, Power Trip, Corridor Orange, and Venom Prison on the cover. If you haven't gone and picked that up yet, go pick it up now. It's very, very good indeed. Uh, we also launched a Tesco exclusive cover uh, with Iron Maiden on, celebrating Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. That's also still out now. Uh, we launched a bundle deal, um, which was the first time we've done that. Uh, all sold out in a very short amount of time as well, so thank you for picking those up. We're going to get those um, the lyric sheets uh, in those bundles signed up when Trivium are over on the UK tour, so then they'll be out to you when that tour wraps up. So look out for those if you ordered those. And we announced the Golden Gods. And the voting's been unbelievable. Smashing so records. So many votes. Smashing thousands records. Thousands and thousands and thousands of votes. That's not hyping either. It's literally been an unprecedented level of success on the Golden Gods site. So thanks again for your support. Uh, don't forget, you can still go and vote in the Golden Gods. Still go pick up the issue, both Maiden and Trivium and all the rest that I mentioned. And we launched Louder.com, of course, as well. Our yeah. new home. The it's new home new of heaven. Yeah. Classic it- rock. Prog, Hammer, we're all on Louder.com now. If you like it heavy on any level whatsoever, Louder.com is the place to be. Loudersound.com, I'm sorry. Loudersound.com. And beautifully furnished too, because it looks great. It looks bloody brilliant. Shout out everyone that was uh, involved behind the scenes in making that together. In case you haven't worked out yet, I'm Mel. I'm here again with Al and Jonathan. How are you doing, guys? I'm pretty good. Ooh. Yeah, well, just, just been a weekend in Norway and Fern, a did. long weekend. So, so for, so for people who are not metal enough, quite frankly, do you want to talk about what Inferno Festival is and, yeah. and how it was this weekend? It's kind of Norway's flagship extreme metal festival. It's been going since 2001. It always seems to get the biggest name. So this year we had Emperor, we had Satyricon, Ishan doing a solo set as well too, Electric Wizard plays, a host of both venerable bands in the um, extreme metal canon and a fair few newer bands who are kind of pushing the boundaries a bit more as well too so many amazing sets um, any highlights in particular? yeah um, obviously Emperor doing anthems to the welcome at dusk wow. had people a bit teary Wow. although by that point the crowd was so busy it was just the, the room was so full the, the tears would probably just be actually being squeezed out of you with all the moisture in your body um, <laughs> Down, this, it's set in two venues, and downstairs uh, they had a band, a uh, Portuguese band called Sinistro, who we've covered in Subterranea, mm. um, a doom band with a kind of very unusual singer with an incredible voice, but also just like really unique stage presence. Kind of, kind of like she's almost like a dancer, and um, you'll either love her or you'll hate her normally, because some people might think the moves a bit um, contrived, other people think they're really dramatic, but this performance. Um, they did this year was so her performance was so visceral and in the moment and um, yeah and there's moments of that song that um, that set that caught me a bit teary eyed just yeah really emotional and just people just with no safety net wow amazing uh, and Shamash were fantastic as well too ah. uh, just Shamash who we had on uh, we had on stage picking up the um, the best label of all prosthetic records yeah. at the Golden yeah. Records a couple yeah. of years ago yeah. and back. they supported Batushka as well recently yeah. one of the most um, visually striking metal bands around yeah. These days it's kind of a really nice vibe. It's a much more mixed crowd than in the early days. It used to be very much like people in all their black metal regalia. And there's a, there's a special Oslo thing called the Oslo shoulder barge where drunken Vikings just walk straight through you. Didn't get that once this year. So oh, I was going to say, that doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> no, no, it's not. no, it was a little bit, it was a little bit sceny in the early days, but uh, 
it's just the nature of the scene changing or people who have kind of grown up a little bit and it just seemed a much more mixed crowd but very dedicated awesome that's good. Uh, I mean yeah. uh, if you haven't worked it out yet just through the few weeks we've been doing the podcast so far if we get to go a month without Jonathan going to Norway for something it's, it's an achievement <laughs> I, yeah I'll get with Jules into this <laughs> we get really good chocolate out of it though we so do and, bonus. and also shout out Norwegian chocolate <laughs> yeah yeah Fertlöver <laughs> I think it's called and also um, like really hardcore licorice which only higher adepts can handle I think yeah. licorice is for absolute waste men so <laughs> anyway fuck licorice um, they started off uh, this week with some very sad news, of course, in that uh, Caven and Old Man Gloom's Caleb Schofield uh, passed away. Uh, he was only 39 years old, um, and I think he was in a, uh, his truck crashed in uh, New Hampshire, and, uh, and yeah, he passed away uh, very soon after. Um, Jonathan, I know you interviewed Caleb, and, and you, yeah. you're very familiar with his work. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I've interviewed him back in the Caven days. He may not be the best, I mean, it's heartbreaking, and he may not be one of the best known artists around but he was certainly instrumental in um in changing a lot of what happened in the music scene i mean there was this time in in america where a lot of hardcore bands were branching out where there was and doing kind of something really special where there was isis changing from the hardcore scene and caven did that in their own ways well too i mean in particular you know the jupiter album he mm. put out is an absolute classic it just kind of took hardcore into kind of really out there progressive territories partly space rock and and it was really emotional record too and it was such a big thing at the time and so it really kind of catalyzed a period of time where like hardcore was metamorphosizing into something else and something really incredible and old man gloom which was like it had him it had nate newton from converge it had um aaron turner from isis and yeah just another band that was doing really incredible things, like part hardcore-based, part doom-based, but just so intense. And yeah, Seminar 2 is one of the records, they, well, obviously their second record that came out, was one of, it's one of my favourite all-time records ever. Just, I mean, if, if people were looking to kind of check out his stuff and, in, in light of kind of, you know, him being in the news for very unfortunate reasons at the moment, is that, what album would you kind of suggest people look into? Well, definitely Jupiter from Cave-In. Seminar 2 and Christmas by Old Man Gloom. And yeah, it just seems like, you know, he has such a brilliant creative mind mm-hmm. and and he made such a difference in the scene and he was, you know, he was making incredible music. 39 is absolutely uh, no age to go either. Um, there is no. a fundraising drive, excuse me, uh, to help uh, support his, uh, his family as well. So you can go check that out online and donate to it if you so wish. Uh, Ghost are back, or they're nearly back. New Ghost kind of teaser video. They've started officially rolling out the next chapter. I guess we'll call it Ghost Chapter 4. Uh, Elle, what the fuck's going on with Ghost? <laughs> well, they have put up the video called Chapter 1, actually. Chapter 1, New... Uh, chapter 1 of Chapter 4. Yeah, on. Chapter 1, New Blood. And it's a really creepy video done in the style of their usual music videos. And you've got Papa Zero there walking down this corridor with two creepy children by I believe his it's Papa Nil. Is it? Yeah. Papa Nil? My inside sources tell me that okay. is especially how you, uh, how you pronounce it. Papa Nil. There you go. So he's walking down a corridor with these two children by his side and this oxygen tank and it's all old and gnarled. <laughs> what did you put me when you said that? Old and gnarled. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Fuck it out. With his face paint on shuffling down this corridor. And then he meets Sister Imperator. Sister Imperator. Imperator. 
I'm never quite sure how to say that, Sister Imperator. And she's talking to him about the next step. And she basically says, we want someone like you, but you're in your prime and you younger. And then the video kind of creepily flashes to him having a younger, sexier face. Mm, um, I noticed that, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the vibe. It's like old Papa Nil shuffling along and her saying, we want someone younger to come in, someone in their prime. What and is so going on? Now... Is the next papa going to be some young guy? Yeah, what's going to happen? Definitely some some more surprises along the way for Go. Stay tuned to MetalHammer.com. We'll be all over that. We have some very special stuff coming up that is ghost-related very soon. What else is going on in the world of metal then? Baby Metal are up to something, are they? Yeah, there's another teaser video. Oh. So Baby Metal have announced the start of Metal Resistance Episode 7. Episode 7? <laughs> Apparently Episode no. 7. I'm not very good at reading Roman numerals, but V11 is 7, right? No, no, it is, yeah, so it is 7. There's quite a lot I'm of just saying, like, I didn't know they were still kind of going on the, the Metal Resistance story. It's a very long story, Merlin. It is. And the Fox God Sex is, trilogy is or whatever it is now. out. <laughs> but if you can't yeah. do Roman numerals, you might get a bit lost in the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's friendly heads up. But yeah, apparently they've got another prophecy from the Fox God beamed down on April the 1st, commonly known as April Fool's Day, but the Fox God... Doesn't seem to know that. <laughs> um, Idiot. <laughs> the, the prophecy is... I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Until now, we have only experienced the light side. The legend of three metal spirits. An unknown dark side also exists. A legend of seven metal spirits. The chosen seven. A new era is about to begin. Oh, well done. Seven? Seven. So there's going to be... What's that mean? More members of well, Baby Metal? Well, we don't know. Or... I mean, perhaps it could be them integrating the band into Baby Metal fully to make seven members, or perhaps it could be that they've got some new singers joining to join Sue and uh, the others in the band. We just don't know what's going to happen. Hmm. But either way, there's seven figures, apparently. Wow. But even weirder, though, if you look at the promotional photo that they've posted, there's ten people in the picture. Ten... In... In what, hooded like, robes. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. So maybe, well, maybe it's seven the chosen seven the joining three. the three baby metal girls. Maybe yeah. it's a reference to Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai. There's usually like yeah, there's mm, a lot of lot of cultural references in baby metal. Yeah, interesting. Well, isn't it quite cool that in today's era we can still have not one but two massive bands who can just tease stuff out and we have no fucking idea what's going on. It's Ghost and cool. Baby Metal both making people think about what they could be up to next. Very rare to have that in today's internet-driven society where the curtains pull back at day one. Yeah, I like the fact they've both got stories and they can just do things like this. They can just put a next level into the story and you don't know when it's going to come out mm. and what it's going to be. I mean, we talked a couple of weeks back about gimmickry and metal and you know where, where the line is. And to me, Baby Metal and Ghost are both version, uh, good examples of bands who know how to play up to a gimmick and make it something really interesting. They're so entertaining. I genuinely want to know what's happening yeah, next. Well, I've always liked bands that created their own world. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, both of those bands seem to have done that to a large extent. Plenty of exciting shit going on. And on that note, Bullet for My Valentine have a new album on the way. Uh, Gravity is coming out in late June, I believe it is. And they just released a new single, Over It. We, we listened to this in the office uh, yesterday. We did. It's kind of... Is it just me? Or has it got a bit of a Hooperstank vibe about it? It has. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's, um, it's quite is light. Is that a good thing? 
It's quite a light track, isn't it? I mean, it? you're talking to a new metal fan, so like, it's not a bad thing, as far as I'm concerned, but there's definitely um, yeah, shades of crawling in the dark during that verse. And yeah, well, it, is, it is totally a, a, a lighter track, especially with Ve- the lead single of Venom being No Way Out, which is such a, like, a back-to-roots, kind of heavy-as-hell, like proper heavy metal thunder song. Yeah, it's just a bit more... I don't know. If you go to a metal club still now, you'll still hear bullet songs yeah people will definitely. still go mental for like tears don't fall or mm-hmm. whatever but this is just yeah it's it doesn't it's not as heavy at all no I, even if you question the heaviness of bullets previous tracks this is still not on the same level it, it means we i've got no idea what to expect from the album from this track really no, which isn't either. necessarily a bad thing but it's like with no way out it really when that dropped it really set a kind of a marker down for what, yeah. what is kind of like okay they're going heavier than they've ever got and this time it's like mm, okay interesting toying with kind of early noughties alt metal kind of vibes yeah you kind of felt like they were going more back to like you said kind of back to an older template and back to sort of older heroes but mm. this does not sound like that interesting there are a lot of times though when bands put out like a track like previewing one track from the album and you're like hey but um Scooby Doo confused noise there I was <laughs> More sort of angry bird, angry bird pigs, but there you go. But um, but you know they. Um, <laughs> but but you, you hear the first track and you're like, I'm not sure about this, and then you hear it in the context of the album and it sounds completely different. Uh, it's happened to me so many times. Like the mm. last source of album, they put a track out and it, and everyone was like, I don't get this, mm. and then you hear it on the album and it was like, okay, now it makes sense. Yeah. So um. No, so that might be the case with this one maybe well yeah always, always I think uh, always wise to wait to see how things fit into the album also shout out Jonathan Seltzer surely the only man in the universe that will make that will leap from Bullet for Valentine to Solstice <laughs> <laughs> seamlessly <Yeah. laughs> awesome stuff right so uh, I think it was two or three weeks ago now we had a big conversation yeah. about uh, racism uh, within the metal scene and how that kind of links into censorship and various other things and it's barely been a matter of days and this issue has come up again. Um, yeah. Watain are in a bit of a, um, a Nazi shit storm uh, at the moment because uh, their guitarist, who, if I'm correct, is not a full-time member, he's a touring member. Yeah, there's three, there's three core members and, and two extra live members. Right, so kind of touring member Set Titan um, has had to leave the band for, quote, a period of time after pictures emerged of him giving the Nazi salute. The band kind of responded initially by saying uh, the controversy was tiresome and time-consuming nonsense. Uh, Dan- um, Eric Danielson, E, kind of uh, Watain's you know, main man and frontman, added, the gesture on that picture was done in jest. It's as much as we have to say about that, but to put an end to this tiresome and time-consuming nonsense, the guitarist in question has decided to step aside for a period of time. So, yeah, here we are again. Yeah. <laughs> is it really that hard for uh, it, no matter what so, your thoughts on this is it really that hard for bands to just not throw a sig hail I know so well so the last kind I mean of, Jonathan you know Watay more than anybody yeah I do so. and um, so for the last kind of like two or three weeks when this whole you know it's, it's been happening all over the place it's not just them it's the straw 666 have been coming under fire as well too mm-hmm. and so the past two or three weeks I kind of understood what it must feel like to be a Trump supporter <laughs> you know just like trying to hold you know thinking like um you know, who are you to judge us? And yeah. you don't understand our culture. And of course, um, now they're like, we're not racist, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, part of me kind of wants to defend them. Part of me wants to revisit how I feel about the bands. 
part of it, part of it is to do with um, how I feel about you know the people who are attacking it, and so it seems to be there's you know there seems to be lots of different issues going around at the moment. One of which is obviously um, how do you relate to the band after this, and that's that's a big question I want to talk about in a minute. But the other thing is also you know the tactics of the anti-far, and surely they have bigger fish to fry than someone in a small band. Not saying that they, they shouldn't be, um, you know, they, they shouldn't come under scrutiny at all for what they've done. But, you know, the reason, say, Talker couldn't play the US wasn't because anything Talker did himself or, or, or hosted himself. It's because the Antifa were threatening um, to do some kind of violence at the, at the venues. Mm -hmm. That's why the tour got cancelled, because of threats from Antifa. So... It's all kind of like, you know, jury without a trial. We, like I said, we had discussed the whole issue with, um, with Talker at the time. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a difficult situation because... You know, but it is, again, it is a, I mean, again, one yeah. can't be necessarily really held responsible for what one no, guy but does, but it's kind of like... Just, just don't do it. They're also, they're also in the picture that. as well. So yeah, exactly. Even, even though you say like, oh, it's just one guy and you know everyone's kind of got it wrong anyway and he's just going to go away no, for a time. No, no. They're literally all standing in the photo. Yeah, so and it's not like one thing. I mean, again, you've got to decide whether or not you want to do a Sikh Island jest. But if they say, okay, it's in jest or whatever, why do they need to capture it in a photograph anyway? What purpose does that serve? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think you know, there are questions to be answered. I mean, they saw the, they saw the um, Sikh Hull. They're not. They don't seem to be particularly shocked in the picture. Mm. But you know, but that's not what Watain have ever been about. Mm. So it just seems to be that they've kind of they've kind of like broken some kind of contract a little bit. I think mm. in the sense that you know they've been you know for the last however long they've been very clear to point out that they don't have a political agenda. Mm. And so even if it wasn't just. It kind of sort of breaks that that, con that compact that you have. Now, it's difficult for me because you know I have a lot of I have poured a lot of faith into that band. Um, you know, that band that over the last ten years that I've been aware of them, you know, I, I've kind of believed in very deeply in what they're about. Mm -hmm. And so, trying to you know put this in context, I don't think it represents what they're about at all. Um, I think it's I think it's really stupid. I don't think. The, the, the issue's been fully dealt with and I think, you know, Watain will pay a price for it. I mean, if, if you're going to do something like that you're going to pay a price. It means like, you know you might have fans um, thinking twice about you know, how they deal with the band and you know, now, you know, whenever he does an interview, he's going to have to be talking about that rather than all the things that the bands have traditionally been about mm. so... You see, it seems it's like whatever your morality on this kind of stuff is and I don't think many people would... <laughs> Go particularly want to fall on their sword for someone's right to fucking throw a, a Nazi salute at people, but um, at the same time, even just from like I, I don't know, like a business perspective, it's just a stupid yeah. thing to do. Like yeah. why, why let it, why let yeah. that why let that go? Why allow someone to do that? Yeah. What's the point? It doesn't do anything for you. It's not really shocking. Do you know what I mean? I don't think anyone was particularly. Or certainly in our peer group that I've seen, I don't think people people are like outraged. I just think people are fed up and just think it's a bit of a daft what's thing to point? do. Yeah, what's the point? Why? Yeah, yeah. Just don't. Yeah. I mean, it's horrendous. You know, what yeah, it pertains yeah, to. I mean, I mean, obviously, but... you know, if they were, you know, if they had 
any kind of extreme right-wing agenda, you would see lots of right-wing people at their shows, mm. which you don't. Um, but do you think people might be drawn to them though after this? Could that happen if they sort of see not them? really, not really, because you know those right-wing nuts have um, they've got other organisations that are you know in the news and getting praised by Donald Trump, you know to go through rather than what, why would they go to a black metal concert? <laughs> you know, you know there's enough far-right organisations. Um, that where like that far right in America seems to be getting normalised, mm. um, that they can that they will probably gravitate towards rather than you know a black metal band which mm. has its own kind of set of fans. But there's there's another issue as well. You know, it's a very American thing that everything becomes so polarised, and it's like either you stand on this side or you stand on that side, and it seems like you know the anti far tactics are very much the other side of a coin that um, they've misidentified this kind of like willingness to censor, trial without jury, um, this sense of like you only you hold some kind of absolute truth. And like I said, you know, they've kind of misidentified the other side of the coin in that fact, you know, there seems to be a lot of kind of virtue signalling, which is easy to do with a with a kind of a black metal band, rather than take on someone who's actually changing the you know, changing the sort of landscape mm. in the US or over here. So you can you can be really polarized, but there's another thing as well as how you relate to a band yourself. And you know, I understand that. You know, I love black metal. And I understand that it goes into some really dark areas. And so I'm always having this dialogue with myself, with um, what can I accept and what what can I not accept. And you know, sometimes black metal does ask you some really difficult questions, but that's a dialogue you have within yourself, mm-hmm. and that's what. Um, you know, liking extreme music gives you the opportunity to have. And it's a dialogue, it's not just a complete opposition, I stand here, I stand there. And it seems like, like the dialogue is one thing that seems to be missing. Like, you know, no one looked any deeper into, um, into kind of what talk about, and they haven't really had any kind of extreme right-wing agenda. I've since found out that there were some anti-Muslim lyrics in some of his songs, mm. and so, you know, I have to deal with that as a fan of the band. But there's mm. something, you know, that I... You know, I'm I'm trying to work out. You know, with my talking about talk, talker, yeah, yeah, with my love of the band, and how am I going to relate to them? But that's but that's an ongoing dialogue. Yeah, and it's something that again, whatever your morality or political persuasion, uh, definitely doesn't seem to be being dealt with with much subtlety. Yeah. as far as the I mean, internet I, goes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't always have to agree with someone to like what like the art that they make. You know, art's always more intelligent than the, than the person, or you know, art isn't always doesn't have a literal message. It's of something above and beyond. But there's a, there is a difference between you know, Dave Mustaine expressing some personal beliefs every now and again that I don't agree with, but kind of writing Megadeth songs that pertain to a whole bunch of different things that I think are brilliant, and someone sick hailing on a stage or writing music specifically to push a political agenda. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But but in the case of, of Torka and Watain, and you know, that's not really that's never been really the band's agendas. Yeah. Um and also, you know, with um Destroyer Six Six, he is like a boorish, you know, you know, boorish Australian the singer Keith. But sometimes assholes make great fucking music, especially in black metal. You say his name's Keith? KK Warslop. What's his actual name? Keith. KK Warsler. KK. <laughs> Forget the Keith. Keith. K. No offense to any Keith, by the way, but yeah, yeah. You know, it's but, just but not it's quite as intimidating as. But you know, black metal is full is made is mainly made by kind of 
psychically damaged people. It's just that's just the way it is. Fair. And uh, you know, you know, interesting though that like you know, um, in the case of Watain, Eric is not doesn't seem to be that way at all. He's extremely articulate. Um, so it, it just it's just a shame that he's um, seems to be skirting around the issue a little bit and his involvement in it. You, you know. Mm. So I don't think. Um, Fans, you know, I don't think they're going to suddenly start attracting white right-wing fans or anything. Mm. But um, and we're not talking. But we're not talking people who just sit on the right wing. We're talking yeah. about extreme far yeah. right. But 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 their um their whole ethos is about playing with fire, and they got burned. And they, they got burned. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there will be a, there, there will be a price to pay for it. Yeah. In, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens anyway. Whether they decide to kind of tackle it head on or whether that's you know as far as they're concerned they don't want to talk about it again uh, we will go on to some reader questions now don't forget if you read Metal Hammer magazine or you listen to this very podcast you can come hang out with us on the Metal Hammer readers group on Facebook we're all on there uh, talking about the podcast magazine and everything else um, <laughs> Adam Turner I might take this one guys uh, Adam Turner asks classic taker or American badass taker at Mania on Sunday I am a wrestling geek. Very excited about WrestleMania on Sunday. Uh, I personally would like to see the American Badass Taker, purely because I always thought it was really cool. I think it would be something a bit different. Um, and I was in Orlando last year where he kind of seemed to retire the whole dead man thing. And so from a selfish point of view, I'd like to say I was there for uh, Taker's last dead man match. I so have no idea what you just said. <laughs> well, he's the most metal wrestler, Undertaker, so, you know. I recognise some of the words in that sentence. <laughs> Whatevs. Uh, Nakamura for the win, come on. That's I still, all I say about I used to work for Big Daddy and John Haystack. <laughs> yes, fair, good. Um, right, what else are people asking? That's the last wrestling reference we'll make this week, I promise. Maybe. Trish Leggett asks, after spending days listening to the 514 bands that applied for five slots for the takeover at Download on the Thursday night this year, it's obvious that there are a lot of talented bands out there trying to make it. How do you guys find out about bands? What's the best way we can discover these kinds of bands? Metal Hammer. Metal Hammer. Obviously. <laughs> Metal Hammer. Metal Hammer is the number one place. Um, yeah, we're gonna starting next week. We're gonna introduce a new uh, monthly feature where we pick out one of the uh, the new bands that we um, have featured in the current issue of Metal Hammer and talk about them a bit. Uh, but yeah, obviously Metal Hammer magazine. We always have the very best and new music you need to hear every month. Uh, right here on the podcast, we'll talk about some of them as well. Uh, also on the website, we cover a wide range of bands. I mean, in terms of how us three check out new music we're obviously in the privileged position of getting sent a lot of stuff direct often ahead of release but otherwise uh, you know I'm a big fan of Spotify's uh, algorithms and stuff it's always a good way to discover not just new bands but get into older bands that you might have missed along the way or whatever yeah the other um, way as well obviously is support your local scene go to gigs uh, see support see bands took the next words out of my mouth yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean every uh, whether you're lucky enough to be in a big city which has a you know more venues and stuff or you're in just a, a more regional place just get down to local shows and, and check out bands at grassroots level yeah. I think we mentioned the, the Bloodstocks Metal to the Masses um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago brilliant yeah obviously Metal to the Masses you know people playing regional competitions there's probably one in your area and then the finalists of those competitions get to go through and win the chance to perform at Bloodstock mm-hmm. and you know if you're going to see um, a relatively bigger band or a band you're a big fan of if you're able to get down there to catch the support even if you haven't heard of them or especially if you haven't heard of them because sometimes that's the best way to discover uh, amazing younger bands 
obviously all over the internet Bandcamp, yep. Twitter, yep. Reddit Yep Ofs, yeah there's, a, there's an absolute metric fuck ton <laughs> of great so new music many, out there So many bands um, And yeah, you know where to read all about them every month So go do it Okay, so um, Elliot Lever says I saw Doyle this week on tour And whilst he was in great form His front man was a grade A imbecile um, have you ever been I like that it wasn't dancing was it <laughs> yeah. I, I, love, I just love the word imbecile it's, it's, it's almost like in the 70s 80s it's very very good um, have you ever been to a show that was tarnished or ruined by the actions of one band member uh, do you remember when we, <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head was when we went to see Powerwolf and the keyboardist wouldn't shut the fuck up the whole time <laughs> that's his thing though <laughs> he's not the front that's man it annoyed thing. me yeah, the keyboardist. Uh, what's he called? Falk Maria. Yeah, I think he, I think he's a ma- he's a massive part of the band, isn't he? He's a big yeah. part of the Yeah. So he instead stuff. of just he and has you can like, tell he knows it. He <laughs> has like a little podium. The sort of a raised when we saw them anyway. It's kind of a raised podium for the drummer, and on either side there'd be keyboards, and he would run around and play the keyboards. And then when he got bored with doing that, he would strap on a guitar and run around to the front of the stage and basically be the frontman, mm. which I thought was quite cool to like sort of see someone else bring some energy he, yeah, I mean he's, he's sort of a little maybe a bit of a frustrated frontman but his skill is clearly the keys yeah. so it's kind of trying to combine them I just think there's some bands where you can tell that someone's not totally happy with the fact that they're just not the centre of attention in the band I think he'd prefer it if he was singing and playing keyboards at the same time Definitely. but who knows whether he possesses that power or wants to <laughs> wants to wield right. two it's not Spider-Man wants to wield two powers <laughs> because the keyboard power is strong in that band I hope he's prepared for the responsibility that will come with yeah, I'm sure Adam D splits a few people. Uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, I have to say, and uh, that is a brilliant shout. Um, I'm a, I mean, I'm a Killswitch fan of every era, and I loved Howard. But I think, especially during the last maybe three, four years of Howard Jones's uh, time at Killswitch, you could tell that he was receding into himself a little bit more, and Adam's silliness went into overdrive and even as someone who thinks he's a genius I found that a bit grating that said I do think he's toned it down massively since Jesse came back because Jesse in my opinion is one of the best front men in all of metal so I I think he yeah I can see what you're saying with that because he's always been a bit like Mm -hmm. oh he's making jokes about vaginas again but um, yeah. kind of breaks the mood a little bit it, do- it does yeah especially when you're having a big emotional moment some like last serenade like I tend to do <laughs> but yeah there's, there is less of that now but that's a really good shout oh there, I mean there was a terrible terrible awful band Blood on the Dance Floor well yeah if you had to, the misfortune of seeing them I mean them. He, uh, that guy fucked their reputation on a whole lot of levels to be yeah, honest yeah and then those shows were yeah. Pretty bad. Awful. awful. Yeah. Well, wasn't it just the entire band that it was awful? Yeah, but it they was like... They would make very... He was like the stinkiest turd in a shit sandwich. <laughs> they would make very off remarks. And their fans would be there. And the parents of the fans would be there. And it was just not, not a good place to be. No. I'm trying bands. to remember if I've ever seen anyone walk off or anything like that. Have you guys seen any bands? Uh, I've down? seen Axel... Uh, yeah, I think everyone's, everyone's done that. Well, Downloads. Yeah. Funny enough, last year in Inferno, I wasn't there that year, but um, Abbott had a strop and he was, he was headlining on the last night. He walked off after about a few songs. Oh, dear. And they never, and they never um, finished the set. Wow. wow. Yeah. Immortal legend Abbott having <laughs> yeah. a strop. Yeah, thought, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Uh, Chris Lloyd asks, oh, God, who are Iceman Thesis? <laughs> And what happened to them? 
So if you happen to be, um, so do you guys remember Iceman Thesis? No. Yeah. 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 Well, do you want to talk about Iceman Thesis a bit then? Well, it was a band that was playing Download, but it was kind of an industry thing, wasn't it? And it was kind, sort of yeah. like a secret band. And then all I remember is I was working for another music magazine. And we got a padded envelope in the post that purported to be from Iceman Thesis with all this weird writing. And it had a CD in it and we put it in the computer. And it just had this song. I can't sing it, but it was just this voice kind of going, Iceman Thesis. <laughs> and that's all I know. Like, I don't, I don't think I was in sort of the inner circle, but I believe it was an industry band, was it not? Well, it depends what you mean by an industry band. I don't uh, think it was people... Made up of people in the industry. I don't think so, maybe. But um, uh, if anyone thinks we're just um, bluffing this, by the way, and we knew all about it, but we knew all the people, we didn't. Um, yeah, it was just a bunch of masked fellas that decided to, I don't know, play a prank on the music industry, I think, and kind of create a hype machine about this mystery set where people didn't know if it was a super group or it was a brand new band or what it was. They played two sets of downloads um, and then never played again. So in that sense, it was quite a good prank, I guess. Did you see them? I didn't see them. No, I just thought it was stupid. I, I thought, um, I wasn't actually sure that they actually played two sets because I can't actually remember what happened at the time. Wasn't it just the name on the bill and then... Uh, I can't remember, but there was something like that because I remember people talking about them punting mannequins into the crowd or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I it was like they, yeah. It was it was a very interesting experiment, and you know, that, to, to be fair to them, uh, they did never come back after that. So, but somebody's got to. Have, it has to be industry connected because how would they have got on the download slot? Like, well, there's got to be people. I mean, I know I know who did their press. So, uh, so do I. <laughs> that's part of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, there you go. Well okay, done. Okay, yeah, they, they did play. Of course, yeah, they had those hoodies, didn't they? Eleanor, can you read this uh, this this next question and make sure you read all of it specifically? <laughs> this isn't very fair, really, is it? <laughs> this is not very fair. Yeah. Okay, this is from Michael Guy Perry. He says you chatted a week or two ago about missing legendary sets at festivals because you're off watching someone else. Like Evanescence, lol, Eleanor Goodman. <laughs> but... And tongue sticking out smiley emoji. There's a tongue emoji. <laughs> but have you ever randomly taken a punt on a band you've never heard at a festival, only for it to turn out to one of those life-changing shows? Seeing Gajira at Download 2006 without knowing they even existed beforehand was pretty special for me. I've got one of these straight up. Um, I went to see... Uh, uh, well, as it's all oh, coming, which year it was? Must have been Sonosphere two thousand and ten, I want to say, because that was before the album came out. And uh, uh, our friend and Metal Hammer Illuminati Tom Dare insisted I come see this band with him called Cabell Attack, uh, and I'd not heard of them at that point. And um, if for some reason you've not heard of Cabell Attack, go check out the the first album because it to this day might be the greatest debut album that's come along in my time as a as a music writer um, yeah just this maddening black metal rock and roll frenzy something I'd literally never seen before I didn't even know what the hell I was looking at and I went out and got the album as soon as I came back from the festival and it was yeah I think phenomenal ev- I think everyone had that experience the first time they heard or saw that band yeah just totally. like was it the second song and when it just goes whoosh yeah and I was just like fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good what about you guys? You have any bands that you haven't heard of that you've gone to check yeah, out? And what is um, this? Uh, I mean, the thing is, if you go to Road Band Festival, which I am in two weeks' time, I'm, I'm hastening to bed. Um, there's always that like, was so many bands that um, 
that you know you probably haven't heard of and you can walk into any room and be like oh, holy fuck so for me I was um, it's a few years back I walked into a room just randomly there's a there's some guy on stage he's got he's got he's like he's kind of really ripped he's got like he's got a shaven head he's um, he's got his kind of top off and he's just holding a skull uh, and there's blood running down his arm he doesn't really barely move for the last for, for the for the like 20-30 minutes of the set that I caught and it's a kind of dark kind of psychedelic doom metal and I've never seen seen anything with so transfixing there's a band called Dark Buddha Rising ah, from, yeah, 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 from Tampere in Finland, Tampere in Finland. Mm-hmm. and so you know they, they come from the same places like Grave Pleasures and Aranzi Bazuzu and I just I just walked through the room seeing this guy look like some kind of like ancient blood cult priest <laughs> and he, he didn't have to move really. this is a good band name in its own yeah, <laughs> he didn't really have to move to be absolutely sort of one of the most charismatic things and transfixing things I've ever seen and it was just like, just felt like being sucked into the entire experience. And I've been massively obsessed with them ever since. Um, sadly, he's not the singer anymore. Oh, that's mm. Yeah, but they're still great. And um, they're still really trippy. And, um, and all these bands, and they're, they're doing a set of road band uh, with um, Ranzi Bazuzu uh, together. And I think my head's going to explode. Amazing. That would be yeah. very good. What about you, Elle? Well, my long-term memory is literally the worst thing ever, but the one thing that springs to mind is not very metal, but it was Leeds Festival 2002, and been having a really good time like with a bunch of mates, and I can't remember who the headliner was, I want to say Foo Fighters, but I'm not sure. Anyway, it was pissing it down, because it's the North, and that's how it works. (laughs) Um, I'm from the North, so I can say that. And we were at Leeds Festival, and we were stumbling around, and we were just looking for somewhere to shelter. We ended up stumbling into this tent, and there were like 30 to 40 people on the stage, all swaying in robes. It was sort of like Harry Krishna's meets like guitars, and it was really uplifting. And we're like, what the fuck is this? And it obviously turned out to be the Polyphonic Spree. Of and we'd like never heard of them before, and it was just this really weird sight to be greeted with at a like, you know, guitar based festival with all these people in robes just basically trying to make us come into a cult. And we were literally <laughs> just like dripping with water and like cold and hungry, and we're like, oh, this is like our salvation. And it, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, they are definitely uh, a unique band, that lot. Uh, they're still going. I don't know actually. I've heard them for years. I've not heard the call to the cults in a while. So, yeah. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, that is it for this week's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. As always, uh, Elle and I will be back with Luke next week. He's finally back from his travels where he's been away for about eight months. Uh, Jonathan will be back with us very soon as well. Of course, thank you. Uh, we'll get you in for a roadburn review. I imagine. Yes. Lovely, lovely stuff. Don't forget, uh, new albums coming out tomorrow from Isan. The absolute godfather of extreme metal it's in many so ways. good can I just say it's literally like the best thing it's so good it is very very good indeed we've been uh, frothing over it in the office also um, a really exciting young singer songwriter from the kind of death gospel scene Louise Lemon. she has her debut album Purge out as well check that out we're going to go into it a little bit more along with her story next week and Bleed From Within one of the best British metal bands of the 21st century they've been away for five freaking years uh, they're back with a new album era check that out when it drops tomorrow it's an absolute screamer don't forget you can still go vote in the Metal Hammer Golden Gods Awards for the next few weeks and if you haven't yet you can pick up our current issue with Trivium Code Orange Power Chip and Venom Prison or if you're so inclined you can pop over to Tesco and pick up our special collector's edition Iron Maiden exclusive we will see you next week everyone cheers very much stay metal and all that cheers guys thank you bye